So Jesus Christ is so important, and we've heard many wonderful things about Jesus. I love this, the, the, all of the, the praise and the worship, everything we did today. And uh, we got to the covered by the blood, which is such a phenomenal thing, uh, the blood of Jesus. I said to the first service, I, I was wanting to know how that worked because some theologians, and by the way, I love theologians, you know, good ones. I love them. And, uh, and, and I, I, I like reading what they say. Even if I disagree, I like it, uh, uh, reading them and finding out what they believe God has shared with them. But some of them say very clearly that God, the blood of Jesus was not like Old, Old Testament sacrifices. The blood of Jesus uh, did not uh, cover, it removed. And I think I know what they're saying, uh, removed our sin. But I was saying, how does that work? How does that work? And uh, several years ago, many, many years ago, the Lord gave me a vision of it. And he just gave me this vision of my sin, like being on the ground and the blood of Jesus taking, uh, being applied to it. And then he gave me the vision of me digging down to, to find my sin. And, and I would dig down and keep digging. And no matter where I dug, there was the blood. And so it was like the eternality of the blood. And so the blood uh, removes as in it so covers, it's just not possible for it to be there. And so, and so that is what I got from God. We talk about Jesus, and you've heard many comments. If you've ever listened to our brothers and sisters around the world, I think Sister Jalita, who did a great job of reading today, an amazing job of reading today and interpreting what God is saying to us, had, I think, mentioned that we are uh, helping brothers and sisters around the world, and many of them will say to me, and even brothers and sisters in America, will say, we've never heard Jesus taught like this. Well, for me, Jesus is the main character in the Bible. He is the main character. If you ever watch a movie without a main character, it's not worth watching. You know, uh, it's just going from scene to scene. Hey, why watch it? But Jesus is the main character. He is not a subordinate character. And many believers, although we know that Jesus is Savior, we treat him like he is just a, 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 a secondary person, a, a supporting character. We do treat him like that. Uh, oh, yeah, I know he's important, but, you know, and we are stuck on Moses. We're stuck on Abraham. We're stuck on Joshua. We're stuck on Caleb. We're stuck on David or one of the prophets. Well, for me, I love them. They are my brothers, but Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my deliverer. I'm telling you, I, I feel like preaching a little bit, but I, I, I say that because, you know, for me, Jesus saved me, saved us from what we could not be saved from. You may say, well, Pastor, how can you save somebody what they can't be saved from? But Jesus did it because there was no possibility of salvation in the earth. And Jesus Christ came from glory, came from heaven, came from the very throne of God. He is God, came to this earth, became one of us in order to save us because he couldn't save us if he were not like us. He's the main character. He's the main character. I like what uh, Dad Alan Vincent says about him. He says, he says that, that Jesus was baptized into Adam at the Jordan. He was baptized into Adam's race at the Jordan to become one of us. He had no sin, so he certainly was not coming to have his sins removed. He was coming to be just like one of us. We, be, we are baptized. He baptized. And so I love Jesus. I, sometimes I think about Jesus and I'm just trembling 
and, and weeping because there's nobody like Jesus. And I want people to know Jesus, my Savior. And so, as I said, he's the main character in the Bible. And the, the Bible is his story. The Bible really is his story. From Genesis to Revelation, it's his story. Remember that. And so, so then his history of interacting with his creatures and creation, that's the Bible. And now you and I, because of his generosity, according to his matchless kindness, has now brought us, no matter how deserving you think you are, how wonderful you are, how, how Pollyannish you think you are, <laughs> you, you're not worthy of him. But he chose you. Your worth comes from him. doesn't come from you. Yeah. And so Jesus brought us in to this amazing fellowship. He is central to everything. Jesus brought us into this amazing fellowship, has forgiven our sins, has delivered us from the power of darkness. And it's amazing what Jesus has done. So he is my hero. And if anybody differs with that, I'm so sorry. I wish I could help you. Jesus is my hero. And so when I think about him, I think we have to then comport ourselves. We must conduct ourselves in, according to, in accordance to what God has done for us through him. Through him. He is worthy of it all. Now, do we know what we're singing? No, I'm not worthy of it. He is worthy of it all. And so thank you for your generosity. And so, to build upon that, as Christians, we are called to change the world. We're, uh, we're not called to be changed by the world. We are called to change the world all around us, not to be changed by it. Now, I don't want you to just hear that and walk out of here the same. We are called to bring Jesus. I like to say, and I've said, used to say it a lot, I don't, as it were, represent Jesus. I want you and me to represent Jesus. Amen. I do know represent, represent is the way you say it, but there's a nuance of difference there. And so I can represent you and not be like you. You and I know that, right? right. Well, you know that if you ever voted, you know that. So we represent Jesus. We're called to be separate from the world and its ungodliness, not to join them and try to fix them or world situations in the way they suppose these things should be. This is going to be tall cotton here. We are to bring the kingdom of God to them, to the world, not follow them. It doesn't matter how good we think their ideas are, we don't follow them. You don't have the righteous following the unrighteous. You don't have the just following the unjust. Amen. Amen. I'm going to stop and say, Pastor Stan told me some time ago, he and I talk, we don't talk a lot like many of you have supposed. I don't know why. He separates himself like that. But, <laughs> but we, we don't talk like all of you suppose. But when we talk, it's meaningful. And 
he was talking about what God gave, giving me his view of what God has been doing. And he said something to the effect that, Pastor, you, you've been uh, praying, I mean, preaching like the Old Testament prophets and how they dealt with the things uh, in their day and the, the way they dealt with those things uh, were powerful in that they showed the people of God, similar to what the Bible says about the sons of Issachar, that they knew times and seasons and what Israel ought to be doing at that moment. And so this is what he was saying. That's what God is doing with you. And I thank him and I thank you when you bring things to me that you believe God has put in your heart because they clarify things for me. You know? And so that's what I believe that God has given me to do. You see, we are to bring the kingdom of God to people, the people of the world, not the refurbished kingdoms of men. Because what the world is trying to do is to recreate something that has failed in the past that they thought was idyllic. And they, are they, they have convinced so many Christians that this is the ideal and this is what God wants. No! God doesn't want a refurbished kingdom of men. God has his own kingdom, and he is bringing his kingdom to bear upon all of us. You say, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. It's the rule and reign of God seen through the person of Jesus Christ. Because when we think about kingdom, we think about the king first. You can't think about a government first. You think it's kingdom. It's not governmentdom. It's kingdom. So the king comes before the domain and the dominion. The king comes. I want all of us to feel to fall hopelessly, as it were, in love with, with God with, through Jesus Christ. I pray that for my children and my grandchildren. I pray it, and when I'm on my knees, I say, Lord, I want my, my children, my family, to be hopelessly, as it were, that is, without restraint, in love with Jesus. So that's my prayer. He, he can keep the millions and the billions of dollars. He can keep fame. I don't care about any of those things. I want them to be so in love with Jesus that when people say, ah, that must be one of Don Lavelle's progeny. When they see you, I want them to say, I wonder if they've heard Don Lavelle. That's how I want to live. And that's how you should want to live. So don't sit back and say, well, I can't believe he said that. Well, you ought to say that. All right. Oh, yeah, I feel like one of those old-fashioned preachers, right? One of those old-fashioned preachers. So our job is to bring the kingdom to men. Bring the kingdom to men. Don't bring something that's plastic, but bring the real, real deal. We live in a hostile and ungodly world. I know I, you, may, you may get a little tired of me saying things like that, but I will stop saying that when we uh, are with Jesus. I will stop saying that when we're with him, all right? Until then, I'm going to tell you. It does not matter whether you're in Europe or Asia, Africa, Australia, South America, North America, or Antarctica or the islands of the sea. The whole world needs Jesus. And they need to see Jesus in you. We need true Christianity in the public sphere. It's not there. It's really not there. You may say it's there. It is not there. Trust me. I'm not a used car salesman. Trust me, it's not there. 
there's some semblance of something, but it's not real. It's not there. You cannot speak for God unless you're listening to God. And so many of them are not listening to God. They may be listening to a small G-O-D, but not capital G-O-D. And so why follow them and repudiate those who are walking in lockstep with Christ? So we need true Christianity in the public sphere. Not what so many have modeled. Not what so many have modeled. I want to go quickly to Genesis chapter 6 and talk a little bit about it because it is my view that the Lord has brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. You and I are brought to the kingdom for this hour and this time. Now, let, let us be discerning. Remember Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. Why? Because they, they knew what the weather was going to do. They were good about natural, natural things. These were the rulers. They were the ruling council, the Pharisees, or the Sanhedrin was. But they were the, the ones who um, uh, kept the law and protected, quote, unquote, the law. And the scribes were telling them what it means. and said, well, this is what it means. This is what we're going to do. And they were go, making sure that everybody kept the law. And Jesus rebuked them because uh, he called them blind Pharisees. They were blind Pharisees, and, and they knew what the weather was going to do, natural things, but they did not know the signs of the time. They did not know, spiritually discern the times, and there are so many believers, or, and some pretenders, but mostly even believers, who are so caught up and captured by the enemy that they know what's going on in the world system, in the world sphere, but they don't know what God is doing. And somebody, as I heard an old preacher say one time, he said, somebody ought to say something for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so in Genesis chapter 6, it was a time when God was about to do something. God was about to do something. And, uh, and, and let's look at the context in chapter 6, verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Wow. Let me just, just take a moment. If you cannot see all the violence in our nation and the nations of the world, then you need help. You, you, need some, you, you need intensive care. If you don't see it, and if you dismiss it, you still need intensive care. You need, you need us to just sit down with you and pray over you, fast over you, and just sob and sob and sob and, just, and then pin you up so you can't eat either. When the former prime minister of Japan, uh, uh, Prime Minister Abe, was murdered the other day. I don't want to sanitize it. He was assassinated. He was murdered. I know assassinado is, is correct in Espanol in Spanish, but, but I like, in English, we try to sanitize it by saying assassinated. He was murdered. And I thought, in Japan? In Japan? Yeah, in Japan. And, and in other nations of the world, there's great violence. And in uh, the land of the free and the home of the brave, there's great violence. So it doesn't matter what I think, it matters what is. So we cannot dismiss it and say, it's them I remember they used to always say, when you do that, you've got four pointing back at you. 
it's us. It's mankind. And so the world was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. I am not insinuating. I'm saying that's the day in which we live too. So God looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt. That's what God is doing right now. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. The earth wasn't filled with violence because of the earth. It was filled with violence because of them, of people. And he says here, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So, so the, that murder of the former prime minister, Abe, is an example of the violence that has become so pervasive while we are just ignoring it and are doing our, doing our meddling in systems and trying to change, make the systems better. No, 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 no. We're not looking for a refurbishing of man's systems. That is not God's intent for the church. I, I want to say it full-throated. Did you hear me way in the back? Oh, you must not have heard me. So let me say, that is not God's intention for the church. That's not God's intention for the church. It's a refurbished man's system. Wow. So let's go to Matthew 24. And we're going to look at Matthew 24. I, I, I've been praying about, about these scriptures, and I've just wanted to understand them. And I, I said in the first service, uh, I'm going slightly a, a bit differently than I did in the first service, but I was talking about how theologians will agree with my assessment of Matthew 24. Many, many of them will. And I want you to know that. I don't want to try to hide it, you know, like, I, like this is the gospel of DGL. It's not. I'm, I'm reading out of this what I believe God revealed to me. And I'm saying to you that many theologians will uh, disagree because many of them that I study or read, I started studying what others were thinking, I don't know, maybe a 10 or 12 years ago. I did not before. I just read the Bible, read the Bible, prayed, read the Bible, read the Bible and prayed. And then I said, you know what? I know Paul went up to Jerusalem to talk to Peter, James, and John because he thought, I may be running in vain. And so I thought, man, I better do the same. So I started reading. And I started to read, and I was reading this one was called Kenneth Wiest. And I was reading him, and you know what? It was like I'd been quoting that man. And I was shocked at it. I said, what? Well, maybe I'm not as dumb as I thought. That's spiritually dumb. <laughs> so, so I want to say that the theologians... I don't want you to just throw everything out that they say. We disagree. The th many of the theologians I've read will say that Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the church. They will say that. I've read them. I don't know if any of you have read them. They said it has nothing to do with the church. It's all about Israel. And so I'm going to say I differ. I differ with them. I'm not saying they're wrong. And I'm not saying I know everything. But I am saying I differ. I differ with them. Let's, let's read verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. And that's when the disciples were marveling at the temple. They were mar mar marveling at the natural order. He says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So what Jesus says, that not that many will come uh, and say, I'm Jesus Christ. No, he said, they'll come in my name. They'll come pretending that I sent them, that I called them. They'll come in my name saying, I am the Christ, or saying, I am from Christ. 
uh, Jesus gave me this. God gave me this. The Holy Spirit revealed this to me. He says, many will come. So we're living in, the, in this context of, of Noah. We're living there in that day when many are saying that. And, and those of us who are reading the Bible, praying, and uh, backing away from food, uh, at least from time to time, we know that that doesn't agree with your spirit. And he says, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, see that you're not troubled. So what Jesus is saying to his followers, Christ's followers, that when you hear of all this crazy stuff, see that you are not troubled. Now, uh, this, this coronavirus has troubled the church horribly, and many have misunderstood and misappropriated what God was trying to show us. Because these things will be until Jesus comes. They're going to happen. You know, we got corona this time. We may have something else the next time. We had smallpox. We had chickenpox. We had every kind. Now we got monkeypox. We will have something. See that you're not troubled. All right? For all these things. Listen. How many? All these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. So what Jesus is saying, arm yourself, get ready, buckle up. So you and I need to spend more time with the Lord rather than less time. Buckle up. Have you ever been on an airplane and the plane starts shaking? The captain comes on, on the, the intercom and says, he says, uh, uh, please fasten your seat belts. We're going through rough weather. You know what I do? They never have to ask me twice. But we got to preach to the people of God over and over. You, you won't buckle your seatbelts. Right now, church, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> We're going through turbulence. Buckle up. You, 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 we are living in what they call the Bible belt. Buckle up. Now listen to what he says here. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Church, do you hear me? You're going to give me a little time? All these are the beginning of sorrows. You're going to hear of all this stuff. Now the Bible says don't be troubled when this stuff happens. And I had to, pastor, yeah, had to fight being troubled when Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. Some people say, well, you know, Ukraine doesn't have the best history. None of us has the best history. Not one of us has the best history. If you see something bad in one people group, it's bad in yours too. Only difference between you and them is you didn't have the power to bring it to pass. We all cut from the same cloth. Sinful man is who we all are. I'm not trying to uh, justify Vladimir Putin. He's terrible. Uh, he attacked the people at rest, and I was troubled. The Bible says, don't be troubled, Don. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. These things must come to pass, not because God wanted them, but because mankind has wanted them and rejected God. That's what he's saying to us in Matthew 24. And he says, 
these are the beginning of sorrows. I, I remember when I was a boy growing up, and we didn't fight in those days with guns and knives and, and big sticks. We didn't. You had to bring whatever God gave you. I hope young people don't get upset with me about this analogy. But we had to, you brought what God gave you. If God didn't give you, you know, no, no, there's a group of boys that say, uh-uh, uh-uh. If you're that angry, you, got, you, you, you go to the house or bring what God gave you. And so we would go, as we would say in Espanol, mano a mano. You know, and so, and so we would do that. And sometimes some guy was so upset with you in those days, nobody was trying to kill everybody. We were, trying to, we were carnally, after we left church, we were carnally trying to settle disputes. <laughs> And so sometimes the two boys would square off. And uh, now this is not an example for you. This is an example for you not to be. They start off and they go, pop, pop, pop. They go, that's just the beginning. <laughs> I, I'm just starting. Oh, Lord, if you're just starting, I need to make peace with you now, right? <laughs> so that's, what, that's the context in which Jesus is speaking. He says, well, you see all this stuff? He said, that's just the beginning. Church, do you hear me? That's just the beginning. You're not going to pray it away, but you can pray in such a way that you are kept by the power of God and those in your sphere are also kept by the power of God. But you're not going to pray that away. Why? Because the voice of the Lord has spoken. Not that he wanted it because that's what we wanted it. That's what we wanted. Come on, somebody. Now, now in verse 9, I'm finding... This was just, it was revelation for me. And I know there are smart people. I mean, spiritually smart. There are really spiritually smart people, have a really high spiritual aptitude. And I love people like that. Uh, I don't know. I'm somewhere uh, there, but not maybe so high. God has to just tell me. And I pray to God, God, help me. You know, just, I mean, do whatever you have to do to help me. Understand. Understand. And so he was doing that. And this is what he showed me, verse 9. It says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation, verse 11. Then, uh, verse 10, and then, so the Lord said to me, pay attention to then. He, said, he just said that. And so I said, well, what does that mean? I know what, what I talk about, I said then, but I know what it means, but it's somehow clouded. And, you know, we get to, used to saying things and doing things. We don't stop to investigate or, or uh I dive into them in, in a deep way. And so the Lord showed me this. And so I, I looked it up biblically, not in my uh, regular dictionary. It meant at that time or uh, that time. And so I, I looked at, oh. So then, and so I say, at that time, what time? When you have all this crazy stuff, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. So what he's saying is that God is bringing a, a just and righteous people, a pure people, to the fore so that those who are ungodly will hate them. So when the world speaks good of you, that's not good. That's what he's saying. And, and, he, and right now in the world, many of our brothers and sisters are being murdered for the name of Jesus. Just because it hasn't happened here yet to the degree that it will happen, it's coming here. I, I like what Roni said, Roni uh, Jordan said, he said, he said, you're looking at the, the chaos in the world. He said this to us as Americans. You're looking at the chaos in the, in the world. He said, it's coming to a theater near you. Yeah. 
So don't be troubled, though. Don't be troubled. And this is what he says. And then, what? And then, at, the, at, the, at that time, at that same time when this happens about tribulation and killing people, and then, and at that time, many will be offended, us. Many will be offended, cause to stumble, is what that means. And will betray one another and will hate one another. He says, this stuff will come into the visible church. And then, can you imagine? And then, and at that time, I'm already seeing it. No, I said, I'm already seeing it. No, I said, I'm already seeing it. Wow, man. Let's look at it, verse 11. Then, or at that time, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now, listen, internet can be a wonderful thing. I, I have a, my cell phone. I have about 3,500 volumes of, of biblical books on it. I'll never be able to read them in my lifetime. But I've got them there. I can do a little research. Can you imagine? I've got libraries in my pocket, man. We just have to go to a particular location. And, and so then that's a good thing. But it is a place of, the, and it's the source of some of the greatest misinformation and disinformation I have ever seen. And there are Christians who are eating it like it's a buffet. So what does he say? I'm saying, be careful. He says, at that time, the stuff that we're seeing right now is fulfilling Matthew 24. But he says, now, at that time, then, at that time, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many, quote-unquote, men of God on the Internet have said crazy stuff. They are prophesied and not prophesied. They prophesied, and when it didn't come to pass, they said, I'm not, I'm not a lying prophet. Yes, you are. This is the truth. And so, but we, we want to so follow their pernicious ways until we follow them and we too make excuses for them. Why? Because we are aligned with them. What? He says, Jesus says, come out from among them and be separate. I'll receive you. I'm saying there's time for some separation with the people of God. Say, are you a separatist? When it comes to sin, I am. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. And the and connects it. It connects that last thought and the thoughts before. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We always had lawlessness. But boy, it's out of the box now. I've never seen it out of box. I don't know if I'm the oldest person in the building, but everybody under 75, just be quiet, sit down. Lawlessness will abound. Lawlessness will be so rampant. People accept it as normal. They think it's okay. It's lawlessness, church. This is the antithesis of who we are and what we have been called to bring. It doesn't matter. You say, well, their aim is. Well, their aim is like sin. It misses the mark. It doesn't matter who, what their intents are, intentions are. They're missing the mark. He says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many 
will grow cold. See, the world doesn't have this love, so the love of many will grow cold. That which you thought will grow cold, but, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And it does not mean that this is regarding your eternal salvation. It does not regard your eternal salvation, but it says you will survive, you will outlast, you will outlive and continue to pray and prophesy and be the people of God. That's what that means. That means what it means. And look at all this connective tissue. May I have five minutes? Hallelujah. I wish it was just you and me. I mean, I'd give you the whole barn full of hay here today. And this is like at the same time. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, as a witness, as a testimony to all nations. Now, before I get to the next part, let me show you something. And this gospel. We are going to the world. We take the gospel of the kingdom of God to the world. You know that. And this is why we asked you to support us. And I've been, I felt bad in the past about, about always asking you to help because we take the gospel of the kingdom. We, t we help people locally and we help people around the world. And, uh, and, I, and I felt like I was robbing you and I was praying to God. Saying, I feel like I'm robbing the people. He said, go to the scripture. He gave me the scripture, Paul, in, in Corinthians. And, and said, Paul says, I robbed other churches to support you. But that's okay. If God is doing that, God's going to help you. God's going to provide for you. He's going to give you more and more because you are a giver. And so, so in this, in this, in this uh, uh, time, the gospel is going out into all the world. Our brothers from China are doing a job. It's amazing. It is amazing. And in Asia, the gospel is spreading so powerfully. And we are joining with our Asian brothers and sisters and our African brothers and sisters and our European brothers and sisters and our South American and Central American brothers and sisters. We're joining with them. And the gospel of the kingdom is going out at the same time. All this chaos is so pervasive. And some people are seeing the chaos and don't see the kingdom. I'm, I'm getting there. And this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel, not the gospel of good works, the gospel of social programs, the gospel of political correctness, no. No. Nunca jamás. Never, ever, never, now, never. But this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, all the people groups. And then, and at that time, and at that time, the end will come. Wow. 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 And then he shows us, he shows us, he uses this word but in, the, in, our, in our Bible. It's the, the Greek de, de, is uh, adversative or, you know, it's like contrasts or is continuative, it, it continues a thought. It can do either. And so he says, and so he, uh, he uses it as like also or but now, uh, you know, but now also and. 
That's how, it is, it is, if you have that thought, you'll grasp the truth of this. And verse 15 says, therefore, when you see the abomination, now he has connected it. Remember, that connected it. And so he is saying to us, this is like, therefore, is a, what we call a conjunction that brings these two thoughts together like and and but. It will bring them together. So he says, therefore, or, or likewise, he says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Then he, he says, parenthetically, he says, whoever reads, uh, let him understand. Whoever reads, let him understand. So what he's telling you, he's stopping to explain himself. So when you see this craziness, now he's talking specifically here about the abomination of desolation. That is, that at some juncture, uh, Jesus is saying that, that there will be a, a holy place, a temple in Israel, in Jerusalem, and uh, the Antichrist will come and, and put a, some kind of a, of a statue or something there. He said, when you see that, if you read this, understand. Then, or at that time, at that time, see, you see the urgency there. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. He's saying, get out of Dodge. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. He's saying, get out of here and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. Urgency. When you see all these crazy things happening, specifically here, the abomination of desolation. But when you see all this violence and this craziness, and we say, we're a nation of laws, and you see pervasive lawlessness, even the people who say, we're a nation of laws. Liars. I know this is heavy here. Mentirosos. That's what they are. It's not accurate. So we cannot sit back as a Democrat or a Republican and say, well, no, 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 no. This is, well is a deep subject. We're, we're shallow here. I'm saying here, let us know where we are and what God is saying to us, what Jesus is saying. Then he says, but woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days and pray. Now listen to what he says toward the church. And pray, and pray that your flight may not be in, in winter or in, on the Sabbath. For at that time, or for then, there will be, a, be great tribulation such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Again, he is not talking about eternal salvation. He is saying they would not be saved out of that dilemma, out of that chaos, out of that violence. But he says, you can pray. And that's what he, isn't that beautiful? You can pray. You can pray that, that um, um, your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. I think that can be specifically to the Jewish people. You can pray for, uh, that it won't be there. And, and keep praying so that you will come out, continue your ministry, and come out well. He says, but for the elect's sake, for the elect's for your sake, those days will be shortened. Why? But he's told us to pray. Then at that time, at that time, at that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ. Look, here's the Christ. Or there, do not believe it. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm preaching like this because this is the day. And he says, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But he's saying is these, these, all this, these lying signs and all whatever their charades are, he says they're going to look so authentic. If it were possible, if I took Jesus out of the equation, 
No matter what you thought, you'd believe it. He says, but if possible, it's not. And then he, Jesus says, see, I've told you beforehand. Therefore, tr- uh, he's saying, truly, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. And look, he is in a, in a room, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Yeah. That Jesus is saying that you don't have to worry about this secret stuff and secret knowledge. He says, there's going to be a noise that's coming. I'm going to come. I'll, I'll get to it the next meeting. But I'm going to come on the clouds with power and great glory. That's what Jesus is saying. Let's walk this out. And let's be the people of God. And Father, I bless everyone under the sound of my voice, those on, on, online and those who are in the house, that we would really receive this word and internalize it and walk as the people of God, not as smart people academically, but dumb spiritually. I ask you to help us. Help us to receive and not let us have an attitude of yes, but. In Jesus' name, I'll be back in a minute.